Good morning, and welcome to CSL Olympia. So what does a practitioner do for you? Well, religious science practitioners are those who have taken a course of study that's pretty extensive. And what we like to do is we like to pray, and we like to know the truth for everyone in our community. So here this morning, I'm here to pray us in and get us ready for the message that comes from the divine. So as we do in a meditation, I invite you just to put everything else down out of your hands right now. Cell phones off, volume down, and simply know that as we look up to the screen, we can always see a light. And that light that you see from CSL Olympia at Tehuya on your screen is that same light that burns bright within each one of us when we take it out from underneath the bushel basket of our lives. And so I invite you right now simply to take a deep breath, closing your eyes if that works for you and breathing deeply knowing that God is all there is. God, the creator, is everywhere in its creation, yet it is never absorbed by its creation. And the creation that is there helps us recognize our friendships like our opening song today did. Thank you for being a friend, because in friendships we find Support. And support is a universal truth that we find in the Creator. The Creator fully supports its creation, making everything possible in this universe possibilities. And so I know that the support of the one life that lives and breathes and has its being through each of us present today always wants the best for its creation that it made in love. And in that love and support, we know individually that we are children of God and that simply by turning to that one source, we reconnect with it on our deepest level, inside, in the throne of our heart. And so I know that as a child of God, the support of the one life that breathes, moves, and has its being through my life is a truth. And if it's a truth for me, it is also a truth for each one hearing the sound of my voice today. And so I know that this gathering of friends, that this gathering of friends is fully supported by spirit. And that that supportive spirit makes itself made manifest for the individual, as well as our community and the greater world that we belong to. And when the world works for one or more of us, it is a world that can work for everyone. And I am just grateful knowing that the supportive spirit is always available to me. I'm grateful to know that the support of spirit makes possible my thriving, your thriving, and the thriving of our community, and in fact, 
I'm grateful that our time together and this message of thriving in our lives is open to us all to touch and welcome in. So I simply call our time together good. And so it is. And that gets us in the mood for our talk today, which is joyously thriving, joyously thriving, not just struggling, thriving, or getting along, thriving, but joyously thriving. Say that with me with your, with your hands. Get, get your body in motion. Joyously thriving. Because this is the truth of the universe. This is the truth of the universe. It is joyously thriving. Ernest Holmes says, truth is, not, is what is. Truth is what is and not what we think. We may believe what is not so. We can only know what is so. It is not by merit or any virtue we possess the truth is truth. We are only fortunate if we see it and understand and accept it. In other words, we don't make this truth that thriving, joyously thriving is the nature of the universe by us being good girls and good boys. We don't push it away by being bad. It's just the truth. The universe thrives, and we can see, and we can experience, and we can know this by observation. We can look at the stars in the sky. There's, there's more than five or six. I've, I've counted, you know, and if you get a telescope, there's a lot more than five or six, and if you get up above the planet into a Hubble telescope, there's way more than five or six. In fact, there's multiple galaxies. We can look at the life energy that flourishes on Earth. You know, no matter what we do, that life energy finds ways to thrive. I've, I've told the story about walking through a, a burn area in, in Southern California one time uh, after a fire. And about six months later, returning with a naturalist who was pointing out to me all of the, the fireweed that was growing and all of the, the new starts of, of things that have been germinated by the fire itself. Those of us in Washington have seen that result with when Mount St. Helens went off as a, as a volcano and everybody thought it would be a century before it came back. And it was 10 years before stuff started happening and elk were back and three, you know, things were growing again. Think of a dandelion growing up through the concrete. That life energy is always expressing, always thriving, always being. It's the nature of that life, that capital L life, to thrive. And since you and I are expressions of that life energy, guess what? It's our nature to thrive. It's, up, it's, it's who we actually are. We're not meant to struggle and strain What's, what the universe's agenda really is, is a thriving freedom in an atmosphere of love. That's our nature, thriving freedom in an atmosphere of love. Buffy gave this wonderful metaphor of imagining ourselves immersed in this water of spirit. And one of the things that I imagine myself and, and rem remember is not only am I immersed in the in the the water of spirit, it is flowing through me. I'm not just, it's just, just around me, it's within me. And so I and this infinite presence are one, joyously thriving. The whole thought of, of an idea of lack and limitation, poverty, disease, war, all that stuff would disappear from human consciousness if people understood and lived in alignment with the universal principle of thriving and wholeness. If we just allowed ourselves to really get that and live from and as that, 
And we can't just know about it. We can't just talk about it. We can't, Ernest Holmes said, you can't just announce a principle. You have to apply the principle. It's a step to know about it, but it needs to be backed by action. It needs to be backed by living in alignment with that truth. It needs to be backed by application. But instead, most of humanity, not you guys, but most of humanity, those folks out there, them, those others, believes to a greater or lesser degree in struggle, suffering, lack, and disease as reality, as reality, as normal. Take a breath just in case there's any of that still floating around in your consciousness, just breathe it right on out. See, people think we, we have created this story that we've been kicked out of a garden of Eden by a punishing God who didn't want us to have it all. We believe we needed to torture and kill that the son of that God to somehow placate this vindictive God and that our suffering also pleases that God, which if you think about it, makes no sense whatsoever. You know, many of us, most of us are parents. Would you need your kid tortured and killed to make you happier? To somehow please you? It's nuts, frankly. We believe we are separate from our God or our gods. And so we live in a state of separation that, Ernest, that, that excuse me, Emerson reflects on when he says, it is only the finite that has wrought and suffered. The infinite lies stretched in smiling repose. It is only at the level of the finite that we struggle and, and suffer. When we tap into that infinite presence, we are living in smiling repose. You know, Emerson also in that, this, this is the, the, uh, his essay on spiritual laws. He also reminds us that we miscreate our own evils. We take this beautiful, powerful law and use it to, to create our problems instead of our solutions. So here's the question. How are you? How are we using the infinite law, the unchanging laws of the universe? How are we using them? How are, you, how are we using this infinite flow? Are we using it to joyously thrive or are we using it to struggle and strain or some kind of gray compromise kind of halfway in the middle of that? We are points of consciousness of the infinite. Breathe that in for a moment. You, the person sitting in your chair, nudge yourself because you don't have a neighbor in, in most cases to nudge you like we do when we were in church. Nudge yourself. I am a point of consciousness of the universe, of the infinite. It's taking the time, the thought, the energy to be me. I must be valuable. I must be important enough to be here because otherwise this infinite intelligence wouldn't be bothering. We are individualized expressions of this one. We have the ability, as, as was taught in the first chapter of Genesis, which, by the way, is a teaching from the mystery schools, to say, let there be, and there is. And we see it, and it is good. We have the ability to transform the stuff, the substance, what quantum physicists call potential energy, into form. Into form. We command the law. Breathe that in. We command the law. And most of the time, many of us either don't bother. Oh, yeah, whatever. 
I'm just a clam laying here on the bottom of the ocean of life, just accepting whatever drops down to me, which, by the way, is mostly fish dung. Or we command the law based on our own beliefs and patterns that we continuously recycle and recycle and recycle and recycle, recreating what we have previously believed and wondering why life just never quite works for us. And we attribute all that to outer conditions always. It's, it's never us. No, no. It's the economy. It's the politics. It's the president or not the president. Or it's the company I work for. It's my boss. It's life. It's God. God doesn't like me. Or we get a little enlightened. We go, I'm just here to learn lessons. No, you're here to command the law. I'm just here to live out my past karma. I'm just here because my parents taught me this. I'm just here because of my age, my education, or lack thereof. I'm here and stuck in this place because of men, or because of women, or because of other races or nationalities. If only I could, if only all that out there would change, then, then I could be happy. The list we give is endless. The list of what's out there is endless. But the hard truth is, I'm commanding the law in my life. I am commanding the law in my life. Say that with me. I am commanding the law in my life. And it's showing up as my beliefs. Beliefs that are life enhancing, beliefs that are life negating. Beliefs that lead to greater thriving, beliefs that lead to greater suffering. We can carry on old beliefs like I'm not deserving, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and on and on and so on. And our subconscious minds, which is our link to invoking the law, the subconscious mind is always listening and only saying one thing, and that is, yes, whatever I'm putting into it, it's just saying yes. And it looks like it's happening out there, but it's really a reflection of in here. Ernest Holmes teaches us that the law is the servant of spirit. Law is the servant of spirit. By us being conscious, being more and more conscious of the fact that we are spirit in form, we embody spirit. We allow ourselves to be aware that we actually are embodiments of spirit already. But most of the time, we aren't commanding the law from the spirit within. We don't take the time to rise above our patterns and beliefs. If we want to truly joyously thrive, we must step into a different level of consciousness. You know, most spiritual traditions have this idea and, and, and oftentimes indigenous people have this, this awareness that you take time, you take a place of separation from the world, from our worldly beliefs, from our worldly thoughts to go and become centered. It's not hard, but it does take the effort, the, the awareness. It does take the time to step back and the old patterns you know, drop away, fall away from us, and to step into a higher level of consciousness so that we command the law from that level of consciousness. And the old patterns will call to us, come to me, come to look, believe in me. And if we're not paying attention, we'll start to get into conflict with them. We'll start to get in conflict with our old patterns and fight with them. But fighting with them doesn't work. We don't have to do that. It's like, I believe it was Alex who used the analogy in, our, in, the, in the, um, his uh, opening prayer. It's like trying to fight the darkness in a dark room. Instead, we just turn on our light. 
We let the light that we already are, we let the light that we're already connected with shine through us. The light of that infinite that each of us already is. Emerson says, certainly there is a possible right for you that precludes the need of balance and willful election. In other words, you don't have to work at it. You don't have to work at it. He goes on to say, for you, there is a reality, a fit place and congenial duties. Place yourself in the middle of the stream of power and wisdom, which flows into you as life. Place yourself in the full center of that flood. Then you are without effort, impelled to truth, to right, and a perfect contentment. Allow yourself to be in the middle of this flow of spirit that is already and always happening. It's just we have to tune in. We just have to tune in. Joyously thriving is not about struggle. Joyously thriving is not about getting there, some there, someday. It's about standing in that flood and recognizing its constant presence and our constant oneness with it. It's not about being grateful for what you really don't want. Oh, I'm going to be grateful for this fish dung in my life. It's about connecting with that infinite presence within and all around us and commanding the law from that place. It's sitting with the question, a powerful question such as, what does the infinite presence want to express as me here? What is the infinite presence wanting to be as me here? I had a friend who years ago wrote a book said, show God a good time. We're here as God, show God a good time. What does the infinite presence want to express? The infinite presence always wants to express a good, capital G good, that benefits you and life all around you. You and more. The infinite presence never wants you to have and others to not have, nor does it want others to have and you to not have. That's about like saying, well, I want my thumb to be healthy, so I'm going to bang my knee so that the, the health that's, that's in my body all flows to my thumb. That doesn't work. It makes no sense because the infinite presence is a unity of consciousness. It's a consciousness of oneness. It recognizes that as one part thrives, everything thrives. Only we believe in separateness. Only we believe in separateness, that I am separate from that over there. Take a breath. As we joyously thrive, gratitude arises easily and naturally. As we joyously arise, as we joyously thrive, sharing our good with others engages us with the flow of unitive consciousness. And it's easy because we're not in fear of lack or limitation. We're not forgetting the source of the river. We're in that oneness. And we recognize that we are simply in this flow. And the more we stand in that consciousness, the more fully in the center of that flood, as Emerson calls it, we are. And so we learn to command the law from the spirit within. And we experience joyously thriving. So this week, three practices. Number one, 
Take a situation in your life, and I say your life. This is not, I want my kids to be happy. I want I want so-and-so to be elected president. I want that out there to change. No, your life. Take a situation in your own life that is not as you'd like it to be. And a hint with this, don't make it the biggest, most urgent situation in your life. Take something to practice on. We're going to experiment. We're going to play. So take something that's that's... You, know, you don't have huge energy about, but you have enough energy about that you want it to shift. That's number one, just, just find that situation in your life. Number two, ask the question, how does how this situation is now reflect my consciousness? How does what's happening with this reflect my consciousness? And you don't do that with a big hammer beating yourself up for, oh my God, I'm so stupid for believing that. No, it's just, oh, look, this is showing that process which I probably hadn't been aware of before. The way of, of doing this is to ask the question, what must I believe in order to have this show up? A question that I work with, with is, I know the universe is always saying yes, so what did I ask it to say yes to that this mess showed up in my life? What did I ask it to say yes to? And that starts to give you a look at, oh, if I have that going on, I must believe blank. I must believe this. And then take some time to be centered in spirit. By the way, you don't have to fight with that. Just notice what it is. And then the third practice is take some time to be centered in spirit, to lift above all the patterns running, all the stuff. And then ask that question, what is spirit? Not my ego, but what does spirit really want to express here? When you're clear, when you're in that centered space, when you're above that level of mental churn, then command the law. We command the law by using, for those of us who know it, spiritual mind treatment. And if you don't know it, you can use, here's a, a wonderful thing we can simply say knowing there is one infinite presence, always for good beyond my idea of good, always for thriving beyond my own idea of thriving, knowing that I am one of and aligned with that presence, I now command the all-powerful law to show up as, you fill in the blank, in my life now. And it does so. And so it does. Play with that prayer. We're going to put that on our Facebook page for those who missed it. We're going to put that uh, on our Facebook page. Sandy, I think, already has that. So these three practices, take a situation that's not as you like it to be. Just notice it. Ask yourself, what is it reflecting about my consciousness? Just for the purpose of looking at it, seeing it, so I can let it go. It's not the truth. And then take some time to get centered in that spirit, in that high consciousness, and when you're clear, to command that law. Are you willing to play with that this week? Yes? Cool. When we command the law, we shift our lives. When we command that law from spirit, from that consciousness, your life will change. I'm going to close with a quote from Ernest Holmes, then we'll do an affirmation. The quote is, that which I seek is seeking me. Think about for the moment, that for a moment. That which I seek. If I'm seeking a relationship with a, with a wonderful lover, guess what? That lover is looking for me too. If I'm seeking a wonderful 
increase in income that, that whatever that channel is, is seeking me too. If I'm looking for health in my own body, my own body is seeking health. That which I seek is seeking me. That which belongs to me will come to me. Since it is my desire that only good, truth, love, wisdom, and power shall go from me, I know that this is all that can come back to me. What am I putting out? That is what is coming back to me. And so I declare that only good, truth, love, wisdom, and power, and joyous thriving is going out from me. And so that's what comes back to me. Ah, we have an affirmation. So say this with me. I joyously thrive knowing that is my true nature. As spirit, I command the law for good. Let's say it one more time. I joyously thrive knowing that is my true nature. As spirit, I command the law for good. And so it is. So in that consciousness, let us just simply take that breath, breathe into that infinite presence, that water of spirit, that full flood, that full flow. Let us be in that. Don't worry, your clothes will dry out. But your consciousness won't. We connect with that source of the infinite river of life that flows in, through, and as us. Because we are one of this infinite presence. One of this infinite intelligence. One of this infinite good. We are. And so I speak my word that we command the law. That we allow this law to work fully for us. So we each individually and collectively are engaged in something known as joyously thriving to a greater degree than ever before. However good it is now, it can get better. However bad it is now, it can get better. And so we command the law that it shows up more fully, more abundantly, more expressively as us with ease, with grace, with joy, because that is the nature of good. Said in the Bible, God's good comes with no sorrow added. We don't need that. And so we open to that. We receive this joyous thriving. We call it forth. We receive it. We express it in the world, and the world and the universe expresses it, returns it right back, reflects it right back to us. And so I'm grateful for each of us who open to this process, who are engaged in this process of joyously thriving, who engage in this spiritual life, who engage in knowing spirit at a deeper and deeper and deeper level. I'm grateful for each of us who do that. I'm grateful for all of the good and the love and the wholeness and the thriving that comes out of that. And so in that sense of gratitude, in that heart-filled space of gratitude, I release this law and, and place it into and command the law I release this word into that law, knowing that it now manifests. It is right this moment in the process of doing what it already is, has done for always. It is manifesting our truth and our good, and we are receiving it and declaring it as so and accepting it by saying together and claiming it, and so it is. <laughs>